And welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with another installment of our NBL Focus Show. This week, tackling the uh, the daunting task of doing my season's gradings. Now, I did this at the start of the year. These grades are going to be based on how I think these teams went with my expectations, um, which is, uh, it certainly opens myself up for a lot of critique, but I'm a big boy. I can take it. So I'm certainly looking forward to getting into that momentarily. Before we do so, though, guys, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, both those networks, as I say, week in and week out, continuing to do tremendous things for us and a whole host of other content creators around the world. So very appreciative of all their continued hard work and support of us. Um, It really, really does mean a lot. So a big shout out to those two networks there. Okay, guys, as I said, season gradings. I'm thinking the the NBL season 2022-2023 has now come and gone. In my opinion, one of the most action-filled, suspense, just mind-tingling encounters um, imaginable. It really was an enthralling season from start to finish, but all good things must come to an end. So hence, after this instalment, I think the the NBL show is going to be taking a little bit of a break over the coming weeks, um, just as I kind of refresh myself, gear up for the NBA playoffs, as they've kicked off with quite a bang in their own right. Um, but that being said, any guests, any breaking news episodes, we'll be sure to have an episode come out for that. Um, but just a really good opportunity to kind of refresh the batteries and come back bigger and better for next NBL season, which will be starting before we know it. So um, just to be aware of that. Okay, let's get into it. Adelaide going through from alphabetical, starting with Adelaide United or the Adelaide 36ers, should I say. Um a very disappointing season, in my opinion. They finished eighth with an overall record of 13 and 15. Went into the season as one of the title favourites. For many pundits out there, they were the benchmark. Things went downhill very, very quickly once Craig Randall departed um, due to disputes with teammates and coach Bruton there. Um, he had the potential, in my eyes, to, to be MVP of the league, but he couldn't hold it all together. And um, with that, it kind of spelled their downfall. Uh, with the acquisitions of Antonius Cleveland, Robert Franks, Kai Soto there. Um, it looked, everything looked poised for a really red-hot shake at it. Um, but as we see, often teams, you know, on court, everything might be, you know, rosy. Uh, but off court, it's another another kettle of fish there. So, you know, they had the league's fourth best offense, scoring an average of 90.9 points per game. Uh, but they had the league's second worst defense, and that's, was quite surprising given, as I said, getting Robert Franks in and, and reigning Defensive Player of the Year, Antonius Cleveland. Um, I thought this would have really shored up their squad. And um, even once Randall went down, I thought they would have still been able to carry their own Mitchie McCarron as well. And you know, just the way this team was looking with their trip to the US, torching torching the Phoenix Suns, going down narrowly to the, uh, the Thunder there, it really had them in good stead, I thought. Like a really well-rounded roster. Uh, but it wasn't to be. So for them, I've given them a D grading, uh, well below par. They're going to, you know, if, if I was an Adelaide fan, uh, I would be very, very disappointed. I would have thought undoubtedly this is a year that we kind of at least, at the very least, make the playoffs. And then as worst case scenario, make the play-in. Um, actually, I'm going to change that on the fly. I'm going to say D minus. With the roster they had, D minus. Um, this was a train wreck of a year. Uh, so Adelaide kicked things off with a big old D minus. Let's move ahead to Brisbane, the Brisbane Bullets. 
Um, stuck kicking things off with another D minus there. The Bullets finished ninth with a record of eight and 20 in the regular season. Another team alongside Adelaide that were argued as one of the title favorites, and they fell well and truly short of that mark. Uh, had the league's worst defense, giving up nearly 93 points per game, and just lacked consistency with big name players Aaron Baines, Nathan Sobey, Tyler Johnson going missing in multiple games. They just couldn't get that continuity together or get them all firing. You know, at the same time, um, that being said, it was great to see Aaron Baines back playing bowl with a multi-year contract. Here's hoping that we get to see him make a really good run at it next year. And, and now that he's kind of found his feet this season, really assert himself within the league. You know, despite his age, I think he's 37. Don't quote me on that. Um, but in the late 30s, he still has a lot to offer the Bullets, I believe. And you know, hopefully now he can build on that foundation that he, he set in place this year. But their, their season, they started with six straight losses. Their season was effectively over from the word go. Um, even despite getting a few wins on the board, they parted with head coach James Duncan. Um, and it was just, you know, their season was over very quickly. And a season filled with so much hope for the players and fans alike. It came crashing down and, you know, they're, they're going to need to vastly improve to, to make amends and get back to postseason basketball next year. But again, somewhat similar to Adelaide, going in with a lot of hope, a lot of expectations and falling well and truly short. Um, hence, they get a D minus as well from me. Cutthroat. Let's push ahead to the Cairns Taipans. I've given them an A minus. Now, they finished third with an overall regular season record of 18 and 10. Just a phenomenal season. Really, I, I couldn't have scripted a better season for them. Um, Adam Ford did a terrific job of coming in and turning the tide with this team turning them into a real force to be reckoned with. Keanu Pinder was a huge catalyst for that, uh, cl- claiming back-to-back most improved player awards and was also in MVP talks until injuries struck him down. DJ Hogue, Taji McCall, Sammy Wardenberg were all immense as well. And the key to their success was what they did on the road. They had a 10-4 and record on the road. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be. They went down to the jack jumpers in the, the playing qualifier game uh, which then hence forced them into a matchup against the Perth Wildcats, the winner of the winner, which they were, um, progressing into a first round playoff matchup versus the Kings. Unfortunately, they succumbed 2 1 in that series. Doing it all though, huge performances from Ben Air, Jonah Antonio, they, these kind of almost role guys. Um, they did this without Keanu Pinder. And had he have been healthy, I would not have been surprised to th- see this series go the other way. Um, it's a shame for me that their roster's already undergone a serious change with Pinder heading out to the Perth Wildcats next season. Because I think if they could have kept this close, this squad close to, you know, as it was this year, they could have uh, really given it a red hot shake. So we'll be interesting to see what the next iteration is of this team, but take nothing away from their run this year. It was really um, quite a Cinderella story in my eyes. Another team kind of filled that role as well, which I'll touch on shortly, but, uh, it was really, really exciting to see the snakes up and about after kind of hanging around the doldrums of the league for the last couple of seasons. Okay, let's push ahead to the Illawarra Hawks. Finished 10th with a record of 3-25. and 25. Um, I've, It's funny because I've given Adelaide and Brisbane D minuses. I've given Illawarra D plus. Now, they never really found their feet. Um, injuries just plagued them from the word go. Game one, import Justin Robinson went down. And from there, they never really recovered. Other imports such as George King, Peyton Seaver, Michael Fraser all showed 
really promising flashes when they were on the court and bowling out, but all suffered injuries. Um, and it's and it's hard to build chemistry, continuity, uh, a word I've used a couple of times already, when these, these big ball handlers aren't on the court. Um, I feel like the Hawks performed admirably despite, you know, the shape their roster was left in. Um, but they had a real, <laughs> pardon me, oh, a little frog in the throat. Goodness gracious, oh, my, my forgiveness there. Um, they had a real inability of not being able to close out close games. They lost 14 games by a margin of 10 points or less. Um, you know, as I said, they, they fought hard. They fought admirably. But just when it came crunch time, they just didn't have it in them. They had the league's worst point differential at 0.87. Uh, I thought Tyler Harvey, and in particular, Semi Froling, tried their best, but you know, with the depleted cast around them, it was hard to, to ever get things moving in the right direction. For me, I find solace in the fact if you're a Hawks fan um, and a fan of the league as a whole, that the only way is up for them next season. Now, a record of three and twenty-five, it's going to be pretty hard to go any worse than that. Um, but already making moves to kind of re-establish that roster. You know, I think. As I said, I've given them a, a grading, should I say, better than Adelaide and Brisbane, just for that fact that my expectations certainly weren't as high for them. Um, and I think, as I said, with the injuries that they suffered, they they did try and put their best foot forth each and every single night. You know, going down 14 games by 10 points or less, that is heartbreak, absolute heartbreak. And you know, granted, they still probably wouldn't have made the plane had a couple of those games gone their way, but the record of 3-25 and 25 would certainly look considerably better. Let's move ahead to Melbourne United. I've given them a C minus grading for their season. They finished seventh with an overall record of 15 and 13. Uh, you know, a horrible, horrible first half of the season really dug them a hole that they were never quite able to get out of. Uh, they went on an 11 and three run during the back end of the season to finish strongly and actually give themselves a, a shot of postseason basketball. Uh, they had a chance on the final day to make it. Unfortunately, other results didn't go their way and hence they missed the playing tournament. Uh, but they really did. Once Ariel Hakaporti went down before the season tipped off, their big man stocks were in all sorts. Um, you know, Daniel Johnson kind of isn't the guy you want to hang your hopes on um, if you're to make it into the plane as, you, as a starting five. You know, and and their results, their success, that 11-3 and three run kind of coincided when Marcus Lee joined as a fold. Um, you know, as, as to Shea Illy, he missed a big part of the first first aspect of the season. But once he came in, he turned himself into a DPOY candidate um, and, you know, had those two have been in and healthy and it's a part of the squad from the word go, I dare say their, their season would have looked considerably different. Uh, Rajon Tucker was hit and miss. He was one of my kind of most watched players going into the season. He started slowly as well, as did the team. But once he kind of found his feet, he averaged 18 points, six rebounds, two and a half assists on 38% from three. Fell short of my expectations, 15 and 13. Um, didn't make the play, but I, I, so I've given them a C minus, just below par for me. Going out to New Zealand, out to our friends out east, across the ditch. The New Zealand Breakers have received an A grading from myself. Uh, they finished second with a record of 18 and 10. Modi Moir, absolutely phenomenal in helping guide this team to probably one of the most surprising results in recent memory. I would have to check back on my um, actual standings predictions, but I know I had them very, very low, probably bottom of the table. Um, again, many people tip them to be a strong contender for wood, the wooden spoon, but 
Um, they were terrific throughout the regular season. They defeated the Jack Jumpers in 2-1 in the in the playoff series there um, before going down Kings in an enthralling Game 5, pushed them all the way, were mere minutes away from being crowned NBL champions, but just wasn't to be this time around. Barry Brown Jr., Derek Pardon, Jarrell Brantley, all, all huge pickups as well as NBA prospect Rayan Rupert. Um, their squad as a whole was just so well-rounded, I think, and they really hung their hat on the defensive side to begin the season. As things progressed, though, their, their offense really ramped up as well, and Barry Brown Jr. was a, a, is a key cog within that. Again, you know, in terms of Cinderella stories, Canton, and to an even greater extent, New Zealand, this was just an incredible transformation. It really was kind of like seeing a... Um, crap, what are they? Is it a... Um, like a, a grub turning to a butterfly or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> forgive me for the uh, poor analogy there. I've uh, kind of forgotten my life cycle of a butterfly there. Um, biology did not pay off in year 12. Uh, but I, I certainly hope to see more next season from the breakers. You know, it's it's a testament to them. Jarrell Brantley getting a 10-day contract with the Utah Jazz just kind of signifies him as a player, um, but as well how well the breakers went as a team and, um, you know, it, it's great. Again, like Cairns, seeing a team that has been kind of wallowing down in the bottom of the standings for the last couple of years really make a red-hot crack at it. So uh, nothing but praise, nothing but love to New Zealand. was very disappointed to see them not be able to clinch the gold. Um, so, so close, but have no doubt that they'll be in and around the mix again next season. From east to west, we'll head out to our friends out at RAC Arena, the Perth Wildcats. I've given a C-. minus. This season, they finished sixth with a record of 15 and 13. Looked hungry. They looked really hungry from the word go to return to postseason basketball after their streak was broken at 35 years of continuous playoff basketball the year prior. And they clinched it just. Uh, they made their way into the plane. They went down to the Cairns Taipan. So I don't know whether we... No, I don't think we do. I don't know if we count the plane as... It's not postseason, is it? It's not playoff basketball as such. So... Anyway, they, they played postseason basketball. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, Bryce Cotton, though, had once again another MVP-level season, finishing with 23.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal and a half a game. Equaled his highest-scoring season within the league, which, to me, kind of found almost a little bit shocking. Like, I knew he was just an absolute force again this year, but it, it kind of felt like he did it, the scoring, a little bit easier. They struggled, though, for this team, for as good as Cotton was, they really struggled with rebounding. Brady Manick, Lukey Travis, Tayshawn Thomas fell well short in this mark compared to a lot of their other counterparts within the league. Um, again, would have been disappointed, I think. They made the plane, but very disappointed to not make the playoffs. But for me, I would feel considerably better. Like, I think this season gave them some real clarity about that they've got a really tremendous backcourt now established with Bryce Cotton and Corey Webster, who came on and just looked right at home, right at home out West. I think that backcourt is absolutely dynamite. And now since adding Keanu Pinder in this offseason, I would be very, very surprised to see them not make postseason basketball next year. Uh, they're going to be a force once again. And, you know, if you've got Bryce Cotton, you've got a chance. It's as simple as that. Like what he has done for this team and for the league as a whole, is incredible. Like he really is, despite not winning the MVP, which many people argued against, he they think he deserved it. Um, he is, I think, still the best player within the league. 
and most consistently the best player in the league. He has the ability to impact a game at the flip of a switch. Um, so I have no doubt that Perth will be in and around the mix again next season. Okay, down to Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix. I've given them a C grading. They finished fifth with a 15 and 13 record. Uh, it really was a roller coaster of a year for the Phoenix. They rose as high as second in the standings before injuries really hit them quite hard. That being said, Mitch Creek took his game to the next level. He was playing at an MVP level for most part of the season, finishing with 23.5 points, seven rebounds, three assists on 50% from the field. Combined with the huge impact that Alan Williams had on both ends of the court, especially in the rebounding department, I think with them both, both on roster, both signed, both with contracts, serves as a really great duo, and great duo and great foundations heading into next season. You know, and despite the multitude of injuries that hit them, they were able to claw their way into the playing tournament. They went down, they were bounced by Perth in the opening contest, 106 to 99. Uh, but for me, for most part of the season, I thought when they were healthy, they were a genuine title contender. You know, Trey Kell, Junior Madut, Zochi, a lot of injuries befell them, befell them. Um, went at full strength. They they looked as good as anyone. Brian Brockoff, another name there. Uh, but it just wasn't to be, though. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Unfortunate to say the least. Um, but I think next year will be if they can keep everyone healthy with Mitch Creek, Alan Williams, you know, Kyle Adnam, it is a really good foundation for it for a genuine title contending squad. And as I said, for most part, I, th- I thought they were that. When they were healthy, they were probably my pick for parts of this season. But as I said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Injuries don't uh, don't spare anyone, and, and the Phoenix were certainly hit hard in that department. Okay, as <laughs> the Sydney Kings, here they are, the reigning defending back-to-back champions of the NBL, finished first with a record of 19-9. and Once again, the benchmark of the competition what else can you say? They, lo- they lost last year's MVP in Jalen Adams, but immediately filled his spot with a, a player just as high a caliber in Derek Walton Jr. Tim Suarez, Justin Simon made immediate impacts as well. Uh, but for me, for the regular season, the Kings just didn't, I, to be honest, I would have given them an A+. Plus, but purely for the fact throughout the season, they looked in first gear um, and they tailed off slightly towards the back end of the regular season. Had that have not occurred, they would have got the A-plus for me. Um, they really had the perfect season, had the league's best offense at 95.7 points per game, and the league's best point differential at one 1.09. Um, you know, phenomenal right across the board. Took down Cairns 2-1 in the semifinal series before outlasting New Zealand in game five to be crowned back-to-back champs. Um Derek Walton Jr. getting the finals MVP there. Xavier Cooks, a true testament to his game over the last couple of years, being crowned MVP of the league and now being rewarded with an NBA contract with the Washington Wizards, a multi-year, very lucrative contract at that. Um, You know, again, just a testament to the way their organization is run. They are the benchmark at the moment. Um, Shout out to the boys, Matty Bay and Locke from the Fifth and Dribble podcast. It is where the gold lives at the moment. And, um, you know, you can't take anything away from what they did this season. Big shout out as well. I know I did it a couple of weeks ago once the finals were wrapping up, but Angus Glover, he essentially in that fourth quarter carried them to a finals victory, playing on one leg, uh, barely playing on zero legs. The way he was moving around, he looked damn near deceased, um, but he was the game winner for them. 
incredible, incredible season. And you know, he's hoping they're going for the three peat next year. Look out. So they're gonna be uh they're gonna be coming in hot, no doubt. And it's gonna take a very good team to knock them off. Let's move ahead to our final team. He's hoping this particular team can be that team. The Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. I've given a B minus. They finished fourth with a record of 16 and 12. Thought the first season, and many people thought the first season might have just been a feel-good story with no substance behind it, but the boys well and truly backed it up. Uh, I argued during the year multiple times that I think they had the deepest roster within the league, and I I stand by that. Um, Josh Adams went out. That was a key cog they lost the year prior, but immediately stepped in Milton Doyle. He became an all-NBL first-team player with 17 points, five rebounds, four assists, and a real killer mindset. Um, he was he was killer in the clutch and really kind of filled that void that Adams left, like pretty well, like for like. Um, unfortunately, Josh Majet kind of struggled a little bit here and there throughout the course of the season, um, but his untimely injury in the last regular season game, or last game of the regular season against the Illawarra Hawks, that eye injury ruled him out of their playoff series against the New Zealand Breakers. Unfortunately, bowing out in game three of that one, um, again, a bit of a slow start for the team. Their defense really struggled throughout the first part of the season. Started, again, adding new pieces. It's bound to happen. Rashad Kelly also coming in there. Um, they started to find their groove and started rattling off the wins. And for me, it's a, I would consider this, you know, a B minus. It's a positive year, a really solid year. Now, I think they're knocking on the door of a title. They've Got quite a, a bit of moves moves to make this offseason. Um, it's been quite slow throughout the free agency period for the Jack Jumpers thus far. Um, but I just love the way they go about it. You know, being from Tassie, I can't help but say that. Uh, but the way they play, their effort, their intensity, the way Scott Roth drives them. Um, Isaac White was an absolute standout player. Very, very disappointed to see him heading to the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, but no doubt became a fan favourite in his time as well. So... Uh, an incredible year for the for the team as a whole, for the franchise, on court and off court, uh, but certainly looking forward to seeing what they can achieve next season. Guys, there you have it. There is 10 NBL teams, their gradings, their season gradings done based on my expectations heading into the season. And with that kind of culminating season, NBL 2022-2023, um, all attention will now head towards next season. Uh, it's going to be, no doubt for me, the biggest and best season yet. The calibre of the league is only continuing to get better. Uh, the teams, everything about the league is continuing to grow in an upward trajectory, which is, you know, as a fan, it's just, it's, it's I'm ecstatic. I'm really ecstatic with the way the league has, has taken over, taken over Australia as a whole the last couple of years. So nothing but good things coming. But with that, as I said at the top of the show, guys, barring kind of guest interviews and breaking news, Going to have a little bit of a break for the next couple of weeks or so. Um, Refresh, revitalize, focus on the NBA playoffs at the moment. Um, And then we'll start looking into the NBL season previews very, very shortly. So very, very grateful for all the continued support on this particular show, guys. Continue to keep it coming. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. I'll be sure to keep you up to date with all the latest news from around the league. Um, And I can't wait to talk NBL with you guys again soon. That being said, be sure to tune in this week. I'll be back with the fellas Rowan Lee to discuss everything from round one of the playoffs so far. A lot of very exciting series taking place and just a big shout out to the Lakers getting over the Grizzlies in game one this morning. Very excited to see that, um, but certainly looking forward to chewing it up with the lads later in the week. 
So be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any other leading podcast providers to get that one as soon as it drops. Until then, though, guys, have a fantastic week. I'd like to talk to you again soon. Bye.